Hello and welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and know from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish. Oh my, Steel. Oh, nice pull. I've played <laughs> opening hailing frequencies, Rose. <laughs> and in today's episode, we are looking at gays in space. <laughs> pew pew pew. Uh, more specifically. <laughs> uh, sort of like the wider issue of uh, LGBT plus representation in sci-fi. Um, it's hoping yeah. that the, uh, the future is going to be far more flexible about uh, gender and sexuality. Or at least in the real world, we, it looks like we're moving that way and that's great. So uh, why the fuck isn't it in our speculative fiction? It's the thing that really dates stuff, I mm. find. I mean... I mean, that's the pro- sci-fi more than any other genre is so clearly the product of the time that it's being made. Yes, um, there's. I mean, we've we're going to be talking about a few big franchises in actual detail, mm-hmm. but won't be naming it just yet. But there's a certain sci-fi fu- uh, franchise which likes to say it's Pertains about the, to a- the utopian future where everything's great. Um, and you watch some of it now, and it's pretty sexist, and in certain say, senses, and LGBT people are nowhere to be seen. Can't help but feel like perhaps we've been eradicated. We've yeah, we've solved that problem. Yeah, we, you, that's, uh, no, I'm, I was going to say we've solved the homosexual. Oh no, that's a bad turn of phrase. We yeah. won't use that turn of phrase. That's what I mean. But that's what how it feels. It does. It does. It feels like oh, we've gotten rid of that pesky thing. Now it's a non-issue because uh, they're not around. I'm, I'm just going to skip ahead. Let's talk about Star Trek. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> uh, we were. Uh, let's talk about something negative first. Okay. Cool. Um. So Star Trek. Mm-hmm finally had a okay so this is a well, star trek has Rewind. had start again a same sex kiss in the show which for television was a big deal but in canon is could not really be counted mm-hmm. um if you're a deep space nine fan don't at me i don't know the full, i don't yeah. know everything but essentially there's a character who can have the spirit of a male character in their body when they it's a are we talking about? Are we talking about Dax? Yes. Yeah. It's it's a confusing issue, which I'm sure I'm you know going to be very important to certain people at the time. Yeah. Um, but doesn't feel like it counts. Um, uh, it's something I've seen like people like. There's stuff happening a lot off screen, as yes. it were. With stuff like you talk about alien cultures having more relaxed views about gender and things like that, but we don't see it. It's it's very sh- told, not shown. Yeah. There's certain. So I, I was just going to get on to the fact that. For its 50th anniversary movie, Star Trek Beyond, they finally had Sulu with a husband and fine. Mm-hmm. I, I cheered when he came on yeah. screen. I think we talked before about how it made me feel a lot more about the danger that they were all in. Yeah. Um, but that's that's bad for its 50th anniversary. Yeah. For a show that's always... Tr- like, I understand it in the 60s, but the shows and the films have been coming out. Mm. And Star Trek has always tried to push boundaries. Like yeah. when we had that the interracial kiss between uh, yeah. Kirk and Uhura. It should have been the first show to have. I mean... Arguably, yeah. It, it, it just feels... For a show that pertains to be the best of humanity. It's the one show... I mean, it's not the one show. It's just the... The big show. It's, it's a show in which... We're, sorry, now I got... Diversity and pushing boundaries and looking to the future of humanity is its core idea yeah the whole point of the federation is that isn't it um, it's like the best of people coming together 
And there is a new show coming out, Star Trek Discovery, Discovery. Um, which I have higher hopes for. Mm-hmm. I think they've said that it has much more overt LGBT representation. Hell yeah. I think the thing that always bothers me is that, yes, they might visit a planet in which they don't have gender, but it's always seen as like a strange alien concept that yes. they have to adjust to. And it just doesn't read true to how I imagine the crew of the Enterprise yeah. thinking. Mm. I will say going forward, a lot of this episode's going to be focusing more on the uh, LGB side yeah. of this because the issue of like gender representation in sci-fi, we'll talk a bit about it, but it's sort of a, a kind of on a separate track. Yeah, we actually have it on our list of episodes, um, mm-hmm. sort of asexual, non-binary robots and aliens, and yeah. if they count, because mm-hmm. um, that's that's your best representation, I'm afraid, mm. at the moment. Um, yeah, I I just feel, I think when writing sci-fi, you always have this worry of not making the characters relatable. Yeah, because you need some a tether to them, because arguably where they are is so different. So it feels very strange to. Well, maybe I, I want to see people who are from the future and have what I imagine the thought processes are of the future. But mm-hmm. so often you see people just acting like, uh, you know, people. the worst of the present day. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, a friend of mine on Twitter was talking about um, sci-fi and fantasy yeah. and about representation within. And I was saying how I always feel like I come down much harder on sci-fi Possibly just because of my own feelings about fantasy as a genre and it's kind of, I feel, what is inherently queer about a lot of it. And that's my own slant on it, whereas sci-fi, I always push harder for that yeah. representation because it feels like it's supposed to be... Uh, it's Yeah. Because fantasy is other-other and queerness is other, that follows through, whereas sci-fi isn't other, it's forward, if, if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, if I'm not... If I don't see queer people in sci-fi, instantly it's dystopian to me. Yeah. And it feels unrealistic, and I can't mm-hmm. believe it. Yeah. Um, no, the exactly that, the same. And the thing that really shows it up is less overt queer representation and more... If you see have something set in the future, and they're still obsessed with binariness... Yeah. Um, that's the thing that really weirds me out. Mm. I appreciate that, as I said at the top of the episode... Sci-fi is viewed through the lens of now. And while for a very long time, particularly in the West, which is where a lot of the stuff we consume, I was about to say something incorrect, um, is from that perspective, I understand why. Mm. It doesn't mean it doesn't bug the crap out of me. Because for a long time in the West, people have talked about the gender binary. And so why wouldn't that be how they view the future as well? But it, I'm, I'm unraveling around my point. <laughs> I watched um, some of the Next Generation, and in the f- in the first season, you see quite a few extras who are men wearing the female uniform and mm-hmm. vice versa. It's it's not the male and female uniform; it's, it's the, the uniform. skirt or the trousers. trousers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that, and that slowly kind of drifts out. And you don't see that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are ways and means of of doing it, and I just want more of it, like people expanding what it means and like this is a you can do anything. That's mm. the joy of sci-fi. It's speculative. You can be as out there as you want, and so for then 
you to assume that humanity is still at its core the same when we can do all these amazing things doesn't ring true. It feels like laziness. Yeah, and I want to see queer people who are normal people. Something that bugs me about the Hunger Games yeah. is that gender expression is reserved for the, the capital. Folk. And it's seen as a... You always see... It's, a, it's completely unrelated, really, but at the very start of the Beauty and the Beast remake, yeah, the fact that a man's wearing makeup is seen as something decadent and outrageous. Yeah. And the sign that someone has lost touch with reality. Yeah. And... That you see that a lot in speculative fiction, where it's the villainous characters or the ones that are hedonistic and shocking. I know, but like that—that's that's what I don't want. I just want—I just want normal folk, queer captains and engineers. Yeah, and I want characters outward. I want to see to use our vernacular: trans feminine men, yeah, trans masculine women. Gender queer, gender fluid characters. The thing we talk about um, within the community about how non-binary doesn't equal androgyny. I'd like to see some androgynous characters, though. Yeah. I would like to see gendering people is something we as humans do. We put things in boxes. Yeah, and it, it's how our brains work. And while those of us inclined to do so make the effort people will still have an initial read on a character. And so to present somebody who you can't initially read or to have somebody go, oh, that person is outwardly very how I would take feminine. And then it's somebody that uses masculine pronouns the, or the, he, him pronouns. And the thing that um, is annoying, I suppose, about sci-fi is that you might get that, but it will be completely reserved for aliens. Mm. I'll tell you one example that's springing to mind of a character. And granted, this character is arguably a bit of a, a jokey character. Yeah. But who is literally just like, fuck how you think about gender. I'm going to do me and it's going to be fabulous. And this character is ostensibly, you don't really know their sexuality, but Ruby Rod from The Fifth Element. Yeah. I mean... As a character, they are, in a lot of ways, a clown. Yes. But they are a personality on TV. That's sort of, they're a big person, but... The whole look of Ruby Rod and mm. uses he and is very sort of assertive in that sexuality. The Fifth Element, element is a God, film in which you can imagine anyone it, anyone living in, even if it doesn't have hugely overt representation. Mm. It presents a world in which it's not. It doesn't feel outrageous to think that. Mm. I mean, the thing about Ruby Rod that's kind of interesting is how hated he is by a lot of people. I mm. always see him on lists of, like, worst characters ever. Why? But he's the reason I watched the film. I, Ruby Rod. Oh, my God, he's so talented and gorgeous. I love him, and I, he's so great. Um, there's so many times where I just go, like, paradise! And yeah. I'll be green. Okay, <laughs> I'll be I'm green. green. Um, <laughs> I, I use, I use <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, I would genuinely listen to Ruby's show. Mm. Um all night long. All night long. All night. Anyway, <laughs> um, we are uh, sorry. We uh, we got lost in that. Ruby's bit. great. I mean, Ruby doesn't exactly um, counter my point about gender being something that only the rich and powerful can play with. Um, mm. But he's still he's not a villain in any sense. No. He's still along for the ride. Yeah, um, he is one of the good guys. Yeah, and I like that. Um, 
Somebody outside <laughs> likes it too. Here, Ruby Rod is one of the few pop vinyl figures I've ever been considered getting. Because uh, when am I ever going to get a Ruby Rod figure? Yeah. Um, and also, his hair can be used to store pencils. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's I I I instantly respond more to features which feel like that, and it mm. feels like I, I don't want to in a black for a better word like we won we like yeah we uh got the discussion about gender and sexuality to be a lot more fluid and a lot more mm. um vibrant i mean star trek is a unique thing in that it is set not in the military but in a yeah. useful exploration it, it's mm-hmm. it's a th- it, people describe it as it's a like a submarine show yeah um that's fair so it doesn't you know everyone in the show is at work Mm-hmm. Um, in uniform yeah but there's still ways you can play around with it it's just that I think what I want from sci-fi and something like which we've mentioned so many times San Junipero does well yes is I don't want science fiction to go to make it about the sexuality like ooh we can use science fiction to explore sexuality I don't want that as much as just there is no reason for this character to be a non-binary queer individual yeah. who you know I, I don't want there to be a story reason for that that's just right for the character yeah I mean it's it's small things like how like originally it was intended um, in the Matrix for the character of Switch to be a different gender within the Matrix mm. because they were like trans and it's it's small things like that it's like people mentioning a partner of the same gender as them it doesn't have to be at the forefront of your story. A show that does this well, and we've talked about it a lot, and we talked about it last episode, mm. is Doctor Who. Because not only did we finally get a actual um, queer main companion, I know mm-hmm. we've had Jack as well and yeah. others, um, with Bill Potts, it, it it's not unique to that. We go to the future and the past mm-hmm. and meet uh, queer people. Yeah. Um, it's not... It's never been the part of the story, really. Yeah. And it's done it sloppily sometimes. Yeah. It's, there's been lazy storytelling. There's been stuff that doesn't feel good. But I'm thinking about the fact... Um, I think about an episode in particular, Midnight. Yes. In which, essentially, mm-hmm. the villain... But even though she's possessed and it's not really her fault. Yeah. But, um, it's getting a divorce from a woman. It's getting a divorce from a woman. At no point raised eyebrows. No point, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. No point... Is it a, a comment on her and why she's evil, like turns evil? Yeah. Um, even when you go to the past, we had like a group of queer Romans a few episodes ago. That was so lovely. A lovely to discussion see. about. And they were talking about how it was seen as more odd people that prefer one gender. Just like, yeah, okay, I, if you're going to restrict yourself. I love the night. There's a scene where a Roman. Uh, they're talking about how Bill only likes women. women. There's another guy who only likes men. men, and he says, "Oh no, I'm normal. I like both." And like, that made me chuckle. I was like, oh, oh. that's interesting. Yeah. But that's, that was normal to a Roman. Mm. Um, and we, obviously we had, like, Jenny and Vastra mm-hmm. as well. Like, I mean, there's countless. I'm like, even on the way here, I was trying to think of, trying to list them all. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think that's all of them. And then I was like, no, there was definitely a couple in the Magatha Christie episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that's meant to be the sign of the times. It's just we've yeah. always been here. And while there's also been like characters who aren't strictly out, as it were, who have like a certain queerness to them, like mm-hmm. uh, Clara springs to mind. 
Yeah. Clara, I feel like... Yeah, well, we appreciate that coding is not representation. That sort of ease with which... Mm. Like, there's something very normalising about it. Yes. I mean, Clara's kind of odd um, in In many many ways. ways. Um, Her story was a little messy, as much as I liked it. Yeah. She had five different opening episodes Uh and three different exits and Uh 20 pots. Um, And I think that uh, there's been a a bit of evidence, I feel, in Moffat that he's tried something out a couple of times before he's got it. Yeah. I feel like Missy is so good because he's tried sort of... Agreed. ...those types of characters a few times. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe Bill is so good because he was kind of testing waters with Clara. Yeah. And, I mean, while... We've discussed the issues and limitations of aliens being characters that are bucking the gender binary. Mm-hmm. The fact that we now have, it's been well established, not just in background law, but we've seen on screen people regenerating from outwardly one gender to another. Yeah. And that established canon that this is a thing. Established canon that Time Lords don't really mm-hmm. care about gender. Yeah. Um, they acknowledge it and comment on it from a human point of view. Yes. Um, that was a nice touch in the finale. Was it the finale or the episode before? Yeah, where they, they, B- they had a conversation where about... B- where Bill and the Doctor are discussing the Master slash Missy. Yeah. And, like, I had a man crush on them, and I think we were both men then. and Yeah. Which I kind of appreciated. I don't feel like maybe all of the language was on point. No. But the fact that they were having that conversation and that... Bill also gets to call the doctor out a little bit as well. Yeah. It I felt mean, it feel, good. It, yeah, it, as a... One of the Moffat... So he's leaving a showrunner. He's a big controversial figure. But definitely one of the things I think he's left the show with for the better is to finally just canonise... Yeah. Time Lords don't have to stay as the same gender. Mm-hmm. Um, could be done better yeah. all the time. But it's all cool. And And the thing I like about Doctor Who is that... It's it's a chill. It's not necessarily a children's show. It's a, but it's a family show. At no point was it when it came back to thousand and five. Was it seen in that climate as having to have representation? It only did it because Russell T Davies wanted to. Yeah. Um, what do you know? A queer person wanted to put queer stuff. In <laughs> exactly, it. and it's just it's it's something you wouldn't. Um, necessarily expect from a show with that uh, that wanting to appeal to a family audience yeah wanting to have that kind of story and it's got so much representation yeah. so when people complain about the representation on it i'm just Your like point it's got so much yeah. it's doing so much better than so many other shows to, to, to paraphrase the uh the great uh and eloquent spokesperson of awesomeness that is l woods what mm. like it's hard yeah <laughs> it's not because it's not it's just, not hard to do this. You have a character mention, you know, their girlfriend and they're a man, say, their boyfriend. It doesn't change the scene. Yeah. It doesn't. And it's happened so much now. I remember in the first couple of series, people said, ooh, the gay agenda, and ooh, there's a mention every few episodes. But it's it it's just because that's the real world. Yeah. Unlike a lot of sci-fi, Doctor Who is sort of set in the real world. Yes. It. But it is still sci-fi. Yeah. It changes the real world a few times, but every now and again it kind of resets a little mm. bit. And the companions are the representation of now. So yeah. they... Should re- reflect. And actually, mm. I didn't see... I, I'm very bad. I go in comment sections. I didn't see many people actually 
throwing a tantrum over Bill. Yeah. I think most people accepted after 50 whatever years, yeah. after so many companions, makes sense. One of them mm. is gay. Let's talk about another powerhouse sci-fi fantasy. We're going through the big, the mm. big three, I feel. Yeah. I was about to try and do the music, and then I realised that I think I was about to do Star Trek instead. <laughs> so I fail slightly. Star Wars, Star Wars. Wait, no, wait, no, what? Anyway, St- yeah. let's talk about Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. As yet, still no gays. Well, depending on who you talk to. Um, one thing, uh, before we get into specifics, um, I know a lot of people, um, head cannons do not count as representation. We know this. However, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, people... Um, identify with Luke Skywalker and read him as a gay man. Because mm-hmm. we, aside from a kiss with Leia, we don't see him having romantic interactions. The most intense thing is arguably with Wedge, which is, a. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there because we're not talking about the expanded universe of Star Wars. Or his uh, handsome mustachioed friend from the deleted scenes yes. who he hangs out with a lot. Um, but one thing um, that makes me so happy about that, um, a recent interview I saw with Mark Hamill and somebody saying um, he doesn't have any issue with that at all. I love just saying, yeah, Luke could be gay. He could totally be gay. Even if he's not gay, he's definitely a twink. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's king of the twinks. King of the twinks. With his style. He's a Skywalker, though, so he's got to be a little bit extra fashion He gets it all wise. from his mum. He... <laughs> And I think Ky- I think Kylo does. Mm-hmm. There's this like Grandma Padme. Grandma Padme and her like I need a different outfit every se- scene, I every mean, shot. Yes. Um, the fabulousness of Padme. Yeah, only only the child of Padme could have that light lemon gr- lemon yellow jacket number and <sighs> that that black jacket with the one like button unbuttoned uh, bit yeah. of grey. It's uh-huh. like oh, it's just to show my sort of conflicted personality. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the Luke Skywalkers and their drama. The Skywalkers are the most extra family in the galaxy. One dramatic family ruins the galaxy. <laughs> the saga. But, um, um, yeah, aside from the delight that is Luke Skywalker, um, I feel like we should talk about the phenomenon of Fimpo and also talk about Baz and Chirrut. Baze, sorry, and Chirrut. Yeah, I think even when the prequel's coming out, people weren't expecting or looking for representation in the same way we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that, again, doesn't really count at all. No. But George Lucas has said that C-3PO is 100% based on his gay friend. And yeah. there was a weird moment at the Oscars when <laughs> when C-3PO was, like, chatting up the Oscar. Yes. I think he's he's the only time... We were trying to think of queer-coded characters who weren't villains, and yeah. he's, like, the only one I can really think of. Yeah. But it was never in the same way as Finn Poe. Yeah. When that film came out, there was so many articles and discussions and hashtags, and mm-hmm. it even people who weren't looking for it saw it, which is huge. Yeah, because we we we're aware we have the old big old goggles affixed on our faces, like we're looking for it. We want to see it. Our hearts are open. But there's no heterosexual explanation for that lip bite. Nope. <laughs> you look good in my jacket. jacket. Bites lip. Looks him up. Thank you, Oscar. I think it's so frustrating. Like, I don't want to get my hopes up. Mm. 
And I've got to pause and say, Oscar Isaac looked so good in that behind the scenes video for The Last Jedi. Mm. Like there was a shot of him in a cockpit and the hair was just tumbling down over the forehead. And I was like, I need a minute. Can I talk about something that is it's so hard yes. to articulate in a tweet Please. or a message? And I want, I want to try and work it out. Okay. Yeah. I know that were Finn or Poe to get female love interests, that does not make them straight. Correct. And I know that we want great bisexual representation. Mm-hmm. And I know those said female characters could be delightful, amazing characters. Yeah. At the same time, that's different. That's totally to different. the biggest film in the world mm-hmm. having... A, Not just a gay couple, but an interracial. An interracial gay couple. like We want it. It's so hard because I've seen tweets and posts saying um, just because Finn might get a girlfriend doesn't mean they can't. It's like, I know this. I do know this. It's just, it's different. Yeah. And let me be clear. If Finn and Ray is endgame, that is not a bad thing. No. Give Poe a boyfriend. Poe is in no galaxy. Straight. Like, is anybody looking at Poe Dameron and going, that is a heterosexual move? I just, I, I love the sort of the fandom around um, Poe in terms of, like, he had a, he had a comic come out yes. and I was so scared to read it. Uh-huh. Um, but it apparently does nothing other than, like, confirm. Not confirm, but just, like, it. Reinforce? It's, yeah, it's like, swaying way past any hint of him having mm. any kind of I mean it's great I think what's wonderful about Poe and um, I, f- I, I have a sort of a casual acquaintance who's written a lot about that Poe Dameron taps into a lot of the aesthetic of the flyboys of the 1940s mm. and let me tell you something about that <laughs> it's a hell of a lot of game there yeah and I mean that, that it's very intentional that Poe and like other peak characters like these hotshot pilots. Mm. This is a trope that is not very heterosexual. Anyway, I feel it's tapping into a, a vibe in a very deliberate way. And even if... I, I find it hard to believe that people don't know that. And I really appreciate Oscar Isaac being a very switched-on individual, like in interviews and stuff where he's talked about gender and things mm. like that. So I think somebody asked about BB-8 being a girl, and he was just like, why are you prescribing gender to an android? The other thing is that Star Wars doesn't actually focus that heavily on romance. No, it does not. Um, Attack of the Clones being... The, uh, the exception. G- the greatest romance movie of our time. Um, That's certainly a way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> the most unbelievable romance story of our time. Mm. Um, the, the Leia hand stuff... Um, always makes me a tiny bit more com- uncomfortable every time I watch it. I think Yeah, there's a Harrison Ford's got a lot of that good stuff going on in his back catalogue, isn't he? Yeah, it I appreciate it's tapping into the will they won't Sorry. they. Sorry. It's like guys, it's got a bit of a the Benedict and Beatrice in much do about nothing vibe. There's some uncomfortable things in there. Yeah. I think um the whole slap slap kiss kiss I'm really. Trope. I'm actually really glad that in the Force Awakens, when we meet up with them, it's like it's always this never gonna work kind yeah. of. But we can't deny 
Yeah, there's attraction, attraction there, but that doesn't mean you um, don't bug the crap out of me. It would it wouldn't work if we met up with them all these years later and they're happily, happily married. married and it was it was a nice choice and what yes. I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Um But the thing about Poe is that so many male spacey heroes introduce as being horrible jerks mm-hmm. who then Poe's t- nice. turn out to be great. He's so nice. nice and like a stormtrooper comes up to him. And, like, talks to him, and he listens to him, and, like, doesn't mm. treat him as a kind of, yeah. you know, mm. the target fa- or the anything. The fact that Poe was originally scripted to die, and then everyone, everyone was just like, no, we like him too much, he's gonna <laughs> stay. And, like, it's so part of him, it's just like, oh yeah, I totally died by that. And it's like, it's such a kind of odd, like, I wouldn't say plot hole, but it's like, no, but literally, how would he ever survive that? And you're like, ah. Sheer, pol- sheer po. charisma. Poe. He's Poe. Yeah. Po. Yeah, had a drink with death and was like, let You're me back. And, like, and death oh. was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, mm. one of my hopes for, even if we don't get anything, one of my hopes for the second one is that Finn says his name's Finn Dameron. Cause yeah. He Finn gave him his name. Jet. It's just... Yes. And also in the, in, in the con- like, Star Wars is obsessed with, like, repeating sort of patterns patterns and things and like the idea that Ray's Luke yeah and the two friends that are sort of on the side are basically Han and Leia yeah it's gonna happen I'm sorry we want it so bad and the thing is I'm fine with it like Beauty and the Beast yeah big Disney film released everywhere had the slightest of references but it was also undeniable I'm happy for it to just be something that can be like it doesn't edited out of certain if, versions. Like mm, I know that's horrible, but like uh, we get it. We get. We it. don't like it. But if it means that they can't release it in certain countries or whatever, oh, that's the thing. It. <sighs> I don't feel that should stop them from doing the thing. No. But we will. We will see what happens when the after the last Jedi comes out. I'm sure we'll have a reaction episode. Yeah. Um, um, I do want to talk about uh, Baze and yeah, Chirrut. I agree. AKA Space Marrieds. I misheard a line yeah. when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I don't need luck, I've got you. Yeah. I thought he said love. Yeah. And I, do, I don't know what that yeah. word means, what that phrase means if it was love, but mm. like it was, it seems like, oh, okay, I guess they are a couple. Everything about how Bays and Chirrut was framed with their dynamic didn't... I don't know how many people could read that and go, friends. There was such a... It was a Harold, their gaze. Have you seen how Donnie Yen has, like... He thought he... Like, not in a, like, I'm on Ellen, let's make a soundbite way. Yeah, no, he was like... Like, I thought I was meant to be his partner. Yeah. And like, he's retweeted lots of things saying like, yeah. Oh, I played the gay, um, I played the gay monk in Star Wars. (laughs) It's the thing that I come up a lot when we talk about representation is I don't want to be so enthusiastic about this, that Disney and everyone thinks that's enough. Okay. That's all we need to do. Um, we were talking about Doctor Who and how yeah. in a whole season of Bill saying every episode, look, I'm a lesbian, essentially, even though she didn't actually say it. Writers, it, please take note. Yeah. 
People can say that they're a lesbian. People can say that they're gay. People can saying say that they're like, bi. oh, I don't really like to do that is not a smarter, more nuanced way of saying it. No, it's not. I say I appreciate all some the time. situations. It's funny to not have the socialist like, mm. uh, I don't want you bringing men home. Not going to be an issue. That's funny. Yes, but forever talking around the word. No, but it wasn't until the kiss in the final episode, which it really dawned on me how important this was. Yeah, and to see. Even if it's not Finn, but just to see Poe just like kiss a person, a guy on the cheek before he gets in his yeah, like that would be so sweet. Be. Like I want, I want Finn to be his boyfriend. Uh, runner up is the big fat guy. <laughs> oh, uh, Greg Grimberg. Yeah, the bearded one who is back in the next one. I just want Finn to be like, all right, bye, moi, and then kid jump in this. You know, that'd be great. If that's the, like any fraction of canon representation to me, it would be. Mm. And that's the thing that does bug me about shippers perhaps in that yeah. I sometimes see shippers who just want the ship to happen and it to be so over and big it doesn't have for the to ship be. to happen yeah no and it's like this is so much bigger and more important yeah. to me but um to, to circle back to, to Baze and Shira the fact that even if it was never stated explicitly the way it was framed their mm. relationship showing that kind of relationship between two people of the same gender is important. And yes, it would have been great to have some clearer thing, indication mm. no, they're, they're actually married. The way they spoke to each other and the clear amount of love they have for each other, it made, it made me cry. There's lots of things in Rogue One that made me cry, <laughs> let's be honest. But their relationship was a wonderful touchstone, a very quiet, honest and thing. And very different to... Finn and Poe, which can very easily be brushed off as bromance, and yeah, about they're so energetic and like yeah. smack each other that it's like okay, I've seen Where, straight whereas men do these that. two are older and calmer. They understand each other and finish each other's sentences, sentences. and uh, are just comfortable in each other's presence and just are such a pair. Yeah, in a way you can't picture one without the other. Yeah, and, and it, I think it's lovely. It is lovely. Um. <sighs> It's just one of those things where, like, no one's denying it. Yeah. So I don't know why they don't just take that one step further. Okay. <laughs> like, you, in all these things, you hear, like, oh, the actors think it's great. Oh, the writers and the directors think it's great. Then why not just, just do, do it. it? I mean, the director of... Do it. Do it. How very do apt. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about queer icons... Well, yeah. But... Sheev Palpatine <laughs> is the greatest... Uh, yes, queen. <sighs> Yeah. Ian McDermott's never had more fun in his life, I swear to God. Scenery chewing. Yeah. Scenery devouring. Do it. Anyway. I just want to say that, yeah. I mean, like, the director of the next one has been retweeting Finpo fan art. Yeah. It's just that, and also, J.J. Um, Abrams yes. said, and I think he regrets it, he said, oh, there'll be a an overt queer character in the next one. Yeah. And I'm like, he actually said that would be the case of um, Star Trek Into Darkness, and yeah. there wasn't. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's always that plan, like that thought mm-hmm. at planning stage, and then they try and yeah. Right, we like the, it's finished, it's wrapped, so we don't know now. We can just only hope. Oh, I did that. I didn't do that on purpose. LGBT really. representation is built on hope. <laughs> uh. Seeing your <laughs> seeing queer representation is built on hope in a way that. Oh, I hope. I'm I'm actually exhausted from mm. the hope. And like yeah. the anxiety I get from like mm. 
mm-hmm. a new film coming out and spoiling things. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Pacific Rim, but I have the same thing. Yeah. Um, Do we want to talk about Mass Effect? Very briefly. I've talked about it on the last few podcasts. I'd say I just you wasn't happy. About it um, I'm only not happy because it does better than a lot. Yeah. I won't say good. It does better than a lot. It's. I'm still surprised we get any representation in any games because I just never saw that as a kid from the gaming experience I had. Yeah. Um, so it's fine, but in Mass Effect, where you have different dating options, the focus put on the, especially the male-male options, yeah. um, seems so rushed and not the focus of the people making it. Yeah. It's like, I guess we got to put that in. We've got to put that in for our fans. But it doesn't feel... that the So far, all the options have been kind of people that can't really be in your team. Yeah. Um, Is it like a know. commitment? Yeah. I don't know. It 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 bothers me. But, but the fact that it is there that you can romance people the same gender as you. Yeah. I mean... Oh, but the th- oh, Mass Effect, The Last Andromeda had issues with a trans character though um yeah they're basically hello i'm a trans character my dead name is this you're like don't do that guys interesting don't do that yeah i mean i I understand the difficulty of trying to represent a future in which gender and sexuality doesn't matter and also make characters people can relate to Mm -hmm. but also you can do lots of better ways of doing that yeah i mean dragon age did a good job of having a trans character saying like, okay, this is a fantasy world. So certain things wouldn't be said and certain mm-hmm. like, but they still did it and it was overt and nice and yeah. part of that character. Mm-hmm. I understand how all of our language around queerness comes very specifically from our recent earth history. Yes. And it changes quite a lot. Yes. So it is tough. It does sometimes sound a bit odd in a sci-fi. If someone says I'm gay or, yeah, that's not a reason no. to not do it, though. No. Right, did we want to talk about our favourite colourful Marvel movie, or did we want a tea break first? I don't know how much I have to say about this. Just how we don't think the Guardians of the Galaxy are all, are, can't all be straight? I just don't think... Peter Quill does not strike me as a heterosexual man. No. It's frustrating because I don't think the director could be more of a heterosexual man and yeah. the, the actor could be more. It's just that the content and the writing, I'm just like, someone who's okay with sleeping with barely humanoid aliens can't have such a strong... Thing about gender? No. Though, to be fair, we don't really see Peter interact with an attractive person of his own gender. Oh yeah. Not yet. I mean... Give it time, Infinity Wars. Let's throw him. At, let's throw him at one of the very attractive members of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe and see what happens. <sighs> Who would you throw him at? Oh, one, one after the other to see what sticks. Oh, I, I shouldn't mean, use the phrase "see what sticks." <laughs> I'm sorry. The Infinity I'm so War, sorry. Infinity War end credit scene is just all the Chris's in a hot tub kissing. I'd definitely put bums in seats. In my edit, anyway. <laughs> um, but that's what I mean. It's just that. When you, I can understand because Peter Quill's from like eighties Earth. Yeah, but still, he's been living in deep space. When you're in deep space, it just it always throws me when I see something very binary or very cishet. I just kind of think, oh, okay, this Mm. isn't how I would view deep space, but fine. Yeah, I. I think is I also appreciate that like 
Quill, we only, we only seen with the, that one alien girl who he treats awfully. Yeah. And Gamora, who he's in love with. Yeah. I leaving mean, aside my issues with that particular plot thread. I read something that, like, Mantis was supposed to be, um, a, like, their bisexual representation. Oh, right. But noth- nothing about, like, oh, we didn't manage to film the scene. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, she is. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. It didn't. I know by characters, we're going to do a whole bisexual episode. It's quite hard to. If you can't say, I am bisexual, mm-hmm. to represent someone without falling into some yeah. bad tropes. But still, I'm just like. Yeah, okay. so saying that when there's nothing in the text that would indicate attraction to anybody. Yeah. It just seemed a bit. Okay. Also, Mantis is really played largely as a joke in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's frustrating because I think the performance is wonderful. Yeah, that actress um, does such a wonderful job. She's great. I just want to see her. She's in Infinity War. I want to see her written by... Competent writer? Yeah. James Gunn makes me uncomfortable in lots of ways. Yeah. And made there's my lo- favourite Marvel film. So I'm yeah, in a there's deep lots pit to, of there's confusion. Lots to, there's lots to love about the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Mm. And there's a lot to be right criticised over but just I remember watching the first one and it cuts to um, John C. Riley's character and he says early in the film I have a family down there and he has a wife and a kid and like could have had a hubby it's just other ways to represent a family yeah um I recently I've been talking to everyone about storks Hmm. (laughs) the animated movie storks about storks that deliver babies it ends on a lovely montage of a bunch of families and they're very diverse and there's like two ladies and two men and other people you can't even like you can't tell and it's just like it's so easy it's not hard Mm -hmm. what like it's hard what like it's hard I just find it so that might be a subtitle like gaze in space what like it's hard (laughs) yeah I mean it's not it's not you look at your script and your film and you're like goes back to his family wife and kid why um I guess not. Go back to my. But partners. there's no one, no one, saying that. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah. Um, it's a slight tangent, but Rowan Ellis did this great. How movies like La La Land get cast, and she's playing herself and two just like casting agents, and it's a very funny little five minute video that really made me laugh. Just about needs less people of color and more straight <laughs> men. It, it just it really tickled me. The um, reason we did our musical episode is I wanted to have like a thirty minute rant about El- La La Land, but we didn't mention it. <laughs> Yeah. That's how much it affects my brain. There's it's okay if you like it, it's fine. Mm. I want to have some tea. I need some you tea. You down for a break? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this trek through the universe Ooh, with Jane Hamish. A trek through the universe on the time and space caravan of wasn't it originally called sorry I, I go on a weird tangent star trek's like pilot was originally called like caravan to the stars yeah even star trek is a weird name yeah it kind of is when you actually think about the the word trek no one says that at all no. anyway this is what we talk about when we're drinking our tea yeah um and what fine tea it is yes as always our tea break is provided and supplied by Beastie Beverages, uh, fandom and fantasy luxury hand-blended loose-leaf tea and tea-related geeky paraphernalia. It's good shit. The business is queer-owned, all ingredients are organic and fairly traded, and almost everything is suitable for vegans. And they have Star Wars teas! Star Wars teas! 
Um, I talked about how I did some Star Wars tea uh, stickers. Yeah. There are actually a bunch of teas, much more than we're going to mention today, but because we're talking about... Gaze in space. Gaze in space. We will talk about the Thin and Poe teas. Um, one thing that I really like about uh, the way the teas are named is they could just be named after the character, but that's really boring. Um Gabe really goes to the effort of finding like a quote or a thing from the text. I like flew back in amazement when I saw that the uh, Ray tea was called All the Green in the Universe and there's a green tea and like obviously Brilliant. wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. Um, we've got for Finn, uh, Mr. Big Deal, <laughs> uh, which is black tea with dried orange peel, dried papaya and flower petals. And the Poe tea is one hell of a pilot with rubus orange blossom and thistle petals and i've never had a tea with thistle petals and i'm intrigued yeah you should definitely i mean we're going to talk about the websites but also um beast of beverages at comic con and you can sort of smell all the teas yeah that's a nice vibe about them um i know i'm quite safe with Mm -hmm. my tea choices yeah but But, um i'd like to try that mm. and that that fin tea does sound delicious um, if you want to check them out for yourselves, um, you can go to beastlybeverages.com. They've also got a Patreon, a Facebook, a Tumblr, a Twitter, and an Instagram. And you can use the sponsor code BeverageBeast to get free shipping when you spend £20 or more, and they ship worldwide. That's, once again, a Beverage Beast. All, all one, one word, word. Capital Bs. Capital Bs. And let's drink up to space with Beast. Oh my god! I need to start what preparing was that? this. What? What? I was wondering what you were doing. It looked like I'm, you were having a mental breakdown. I'm definitely not going to be in charge of slogans. Yeah. Drink some tea with Beastly B. Ooh, that's almost I like good. It. That, that, that's good. <sighs> Sponsor our show. We treat you so well. Yeah. <laughs> Send your taste buds to space with amazing tea from Beastly B. Um, as always. A quick reminder for mm-hmm. Nine Worlds Geek Fest. We have a live show on the 5th. but We're the... terrified. Come be friendly faces. Yeah, we have a live show on the 5th of August, but the whole thing lasts from the 4th to the 6th. It's a really fun weekend. If you like our show, it's pretty much multiple panels of people doing the similar kind of thing. talking about geek media and dissecting it from all kinds of perspectives not yeah. just lgbt there's going to be a great panel i'm looking forward to seeing as a punter about bisexuality and its portrayal in sci-fi fantasy given what we're talking about today i always end up walking into panels i barely know because there's always like i'm mm, not quite sure i'll just walk into what's close and yeah. i see discussions about all kinds of things and you learn a lot and have a lot of fun and it's fun so go to nine words if you can it'll be awesome and you can get day tickets as well the schedule is now up on their website Mm -hmm. so if there's a particular day that has lots of stuff you might be interested in maybe get a day ticket saturday Saturday. (laughs) particularly saturday we're in the morning and uh, my workshop on dungeons and dragons is in the evening ah very nice (laughs) like six o'clock so have you finished your have you finished your tea looks like Ooh. okay let's go back to the show back to the show so, sci-fi. The big Looking three. Forward. I feel like the big three we dealt with. Yeah. I consider those the like that's when you say sci-fi, people think Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Um, but a lot of smaller sci-fi things are doing really interesting, cool things. Yeah, and... maybe maybe that's something that comes with being small and. Mm. But yeah, our hopes for the future. Looking forward. Um, one show in particular, which. We don't talk about very much because we know there's mm. going to be a big episode about it. Yeah, once it one the day. lid comes off that. Um, it's Steven Universe, which is almost sci fi 
by surprise. When I started watching it, I didn't really think it was sci-fi, but aliens definitely, definitely moved in that direction. They yeah. don't really find out they're aliens for a little while. They do have magic. Yeah, it's more maybe magical yeah. than sci-fi. But um, uh, it's quickly, as the show progresses, we find out this is some sci-fi. We've got planets and spaceships and all kinds of stuff. So, mm-hmm. And I feel like people listening to us don't need to hear again about how it handles the trope of uh, saying that sexuality and gender is different for aliens quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, an episode I can think about in particular is uh, when with Pearl and the Mystery Girl. Yes. When, Love that Mystery Girl. It looks yeah. a bit like Zara from Overwatch now. Yeah, and that. apparently she is coming back. Um, Excellent. She has a name and a voice actor. So, but like, that's what's really interesting is that we established very early on that gems are all one gender. Um, Outwardly seeming presenting as female, at yeah. least by our understanding of it. They use yeah. she, her pronouns. Yeah, but also they um, don't, other all female alien races are always represented by being all very narrow view of femininity. And they Whereas do a we really see a full spectrum of, of body shapes and types. Yeah. Um, they're, Often they're often coded not white. Mm-hmm. Um, in the voice actors act, uh, act also diverse. And yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. it's a really good job. Um, but there's one episode in particular that stands out in which Pearl, who is very established in the show as having a deep, deep love for another gem, yeah, um, shows an attraction to a human. Mm-hmm. Um, Woman. And it's adorable and, it's and incredibly relatable. Yeah, and she the Pearl episode literally is about, too gay to function. Yeah, and the episode is about her friends trying to encourage encourage them. her, and I think it's really sweet because so often you see alien characters saying, "Well, I would never um, lower myself with to a woman, a woman, a human, um, human and it's really nice, and it, it, it's interesting how. The queerness in Steven Universe is done to be relatable rather than to um, other. other and say, oh, it's like an alien race, let's try and work this out in the way Star Trek had done. Mm-hmm. Um, the gems are so relatable. They're yeah. very human. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really nice. And they've done a few... like They, they haven't had necessarily overt representation. I mean, if Mystery Girl happens, then that feels like one of the few actual human... LGBT characters, yeah, um, which would be a big deal for a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like um, it's worth briefly mentioning Stephen himself. While yes, half gem is also half human and is uh, uses he him pronouns, but also is quite uh, outwardly uh, expressive gender wise, likes mm. makeup and skirts, and is code um, in a lot of ways is exhibits behaviours we tend to associate more with female characters. Yeah, he's the healer of the group. His weapon is a shield. Yeah, it's really lovely. And um, the other thing is that in Steven Universe, characters confuse together. Mm -hmm. And um, with Stevoni and Smoky Quartz, um, with Steven fusing with one of these coded female gems. Or a female human. Yeah. um, They've used gender neutral pronouns and uh-huh. considered them as it, it's not it's never been what i'm a woman now yeah. which is so, something Such a relief yeah and something you'd definitely expect from a lesser show mm-hmm. um 
and it's just very encouraging that this is one of the biggest shows in Cartoon Network and has a huge fandom. And yeah, again, as I talk about on so many episodes, people realizing that that's profitable because we're starved and we yeah. want this. But it's not just queer people that invest in Steven Universe. Exactly. Um, another show I want to mention, which we mention all the time, is Sensei. Yeah, but soft sci-fi. Soft sci-fi, because again, I feel like we have the similar thing with like we have with Doctor Who, which is set now, but it is still science fiction yeah and the reason i was going to mention it then is that i love hearing about my cishet friends who love sensate yeah and i think oh really but that show feels so much made for me i'm like no but it's good yeah so it doesn't matter (laughs) exactly um but yeah um these are shows that arguably i don't need queer representation for their story yeah but it's there it's an it's an indelible part of the makeup of their show yeah, and, and it's a, a universe. It's fucking great. Again, um, along a, a similar sort of vein. Again, it's a, it's something we talk about a lot. But San Junipero. Yeah. Oh, San Junipero. But I just want to see more of that. And yeah, and like San Junipero wasn't the episode for the gays. It no. was a good story that a lot of people loved and got an Emmy nomination. That's and so cool. People just. You, you can relate to people unlike yourself. We've been doing it our whole lives. Yeah. So it's fine to swap it around a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, and things I think are changing a little, maybe not always for the better, but um, we've seen examples of like in bigger, harder sci bigger, harder sci fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, excuse me. Um, I say this having not seen either. You say this having seen one of these two, but like. Um, Independence Day Resurgence, we've yes. mentioned before. Independence Day Resurgence, probably not a good film. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, has a very overt um, gay okay. couple. Um, it's The director's gay, so I feel like it might have just been... When when I found in my own life, when I'm gay and I say I want a gay character, people are less likely to say no than if you're a big board meeting mm. saying, oh, what do people like? They like gay characters now? Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. I haven't seen Alien Covenant, but mm. I've seen... They released, like, a little prequel. Yeah. Um, which introduced all the characters, and there is a gay couple on the ship. Yay. It's an alien film, so I don't have high hopes for I'm assuming everybody dies. Um, but that's still cool. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, again, it's showing it doesn't have to be a big part of your film. Yeah, but again, this uh, with this, we're also say, seeing uh, these are things sort of happening. Well, alien, the alien movies don't happen now, but they still feel very much of now. Yes, so, it, it's about real humans. Yeah, um, I kind of want to talk about Pacific Rim. Yeah, um, I, I I'm bouncing all over the place in our G doc just to that's fine to confuse Hamish. Um, there is no queer or canon queer representation in um, Pacific Rim, which makes for the fact, like, okay, fans do this. Anyway, this is just a thing that fans do. But the embracing of uh, the two scientist characters and their portrayal, uh, it comes back to that whole, they're portrayed in a similar vibe to how, like, Han and Leia Mm. are. And they've got touches of Baze and Chirrut, like... The way they're framed and their journey together very deliberately parallels that of the um, the two protagonists, who, granted, are not a romantic 
relationship and do not end the movie with a kiss to the celebration of all of us. Um, but with Pacific Rim 2 hitting screens February next year, mm-hmm. um, I know we're hopeful, hoping, I can't remember if they've said, we've got more characters coming in. I believe there's talk of a of a mech being, a mech, uh, you can tell what brain of a Jaeger being piloted by two women. Mm-hmm. And given what we know of Jaeger pilot relationships, yeah, that feels like <sighs> representation is built on hope. We can, we can, we can, but hope. Um, but this is the, yeah. this is what it's going to be. And again, it's just representing the real world, so it just yeah. feels odd if it's not yeah. included. Uh, Hamish and I represent a subset of people that really want to see Herman and Newt together as a couple yeah. in Pacific Rim Two, and we're terrified of it being fucked up, obviously. But it's. I often think about how, so in something like the X-Files, yeah. you have a man and a woman together. It's assumed... They will end up together. They'll end up together. It's it's going to be will they, won't they. There's going to be tension. Mm-hmm. I think our brain works in the same way when we see any two people together. Yeah. And so many people don't. Yes. Um, it's just, oh, it's two men, so that's not going to be part of the plot. Yeah. Um, even if all the writing and the framing and the direction is identical, yeah. but we pick up on those... Mm. sort of notes. Cues. Yeah, those cues. Um, I think part of also the discussion is that um, Bern Gorman played Herman very much inspired with sort of Alan Alan Turing. Turing. Um, The fact that Newt's official uh, relationship status is will take anyone that has, will have him. Yeah. Um, It's definitely, it doesn't feel like... A stretch? No, and it doesn't feel like the problem I have with the Guardians of the Galaxy, where I am always reminded how straight the mm. the kind of the voice of this film is. Yeah, it feels like this exists in a world that's a li- little more open. Yeah, I also follow the director on Twitter, who is most of the time just um, arguing with Trump, and <laughs> like always a good sign. Uh, he seems pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they, they, it seems like Pacific Rim Two. We're very nervous about because Pacific Rim means so much to us as a movie. We will be having an episode about it, yeah, despite its pr- lack pretty, of queer rep. I've pretty accepted that there's going to be a point in my life where I say, I love Pacific Rim. No, 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 the first one. Mm. I'm like, yeah, it's a sad place to be. But, but we, 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 again, this is about hope for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but what gives me more hope is how we've talked about smaller properties having or doing more for representation. Um, Pacific Rim for this blockbuster was quite a, a small blockbuster. But if we get smaller again, yeah, uh, to people who are like financing themselves, where queer creators have got the power mm. to create the stories we want to see, the sci-fi queerness goes up, and it's amazing. Um, web com- you see it in web comics. Um, not so much web series because you know sci-fi is hard to do on the cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also um, in podcasts, I don't read a lot of web comics, so I can't speak to that. But um, on on this podcast, I've mentioned Strange Case of Starship Iris, mm-hmm. lesbians. I've mentioned the Penumbra podcast, uh, Juno Steele, uh, a non-binary bisexual detective living on Mars. I mean, in web comics, I can't think of any specific examples, but they just generally have been killing it for years in terms of representation mm-hmm. because there's no one telling you no and people just want to tell their own stories. Yeah. Uh, also, um, I want to mention uh, specifically uh, Friends at the Table. Mm-hmm. Again, this is something that Jade will be expounding on in great detail in the future. 
Um, but you have a number of their players are queer um, and identify publicly as such. Their second season, uh, Counterweight, which is a sci-fi season, and their newest season, Twilight Mirage, which is uh, just starting up. Um, it's great. Counterweight's crew, granted one of them is a robot and one of them is an alien, but none of that crew are cishet. Mm-hmm. Um it was confirmed after the fact, yes, but there is a canon uh, trans character, uh, trans man. There's a character that is ace. What's great about going into this new season, Twilight Mirage, is we have a character that from the get-go at character creation was stated, Echo is gender fluid and uses they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. And it was just there from the beginning of, look how easy that is. It's so easy. Um, but what was really gratifying was uh, at the beginning of that episode where the, uh, uh, the GM and the players were talking about the difficulties of portraying race, uh, which is something we do not discuss from our, because, you know, we're two white people and don't want to speak to stuff isn't ours to speak upon. But talking about this whole thing about when you are in the future, talking about gender and sexuality and how limited it is. Uh, wording now, it sounds like there's escaping dogs next door <laughs> outside. Apologies if that's coming through on the mic. Um, but there's an awareness there. Yeah. And um, which is wonderful to see, though, in, when people have the creative control, people are doing it. Mm. I mean, there's so many examples we're not talking about, and yeah, I would like to hear them. I want to make clarify when we. I'm very aware in lots of spin-off, expanded universe stuff that are little hints of representation in all of the big three we talked about. Mm. But this is such a different topic than yes. what we're actually talking about. Mm. Um, I feel representation is very important in all media. Yeah. But it's so important in media which you don't have to, like, seek out. Yeah. Um, media that just gets shown to the casual... I don't want to say casual, it's too loaded, but yeah. the, the audience which is just seeing these films without... The non-geek audience. Yeah. The, the non-queer audience. And we've and in our first episode we said that it's so important for people who aren't queer to see characters mm-hmm. that um, humanize us. Yes, it's life saving. Uh-huh. And as much as I love podcasts and web comics being amazing, it's so frustrating how easy it is for them to do it and then not see it in in bigger visual things. mediums. Yeah, that get a wider audience. Mm. I suppose that just times on what we would like to see going forward. I mean. I just, the future of the future. Yeah, I mean... Man, I really wish there'd been more queer representation of Futurama, because that's just what I've been thinking about. Futurama, I love. It doesn't handle some things well. I think a lot about Truth. the episode where Bender changes his robot gender, mm-hmm. which is funny in the sense that they talk a lot about what the hell is a robot gender. Yeah. And in a way, it plays into a very silly sensibility, but it's yeah. like... Probably would have done that episode, like, even a few years later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would have preferred that. There's, like, a character I can think of... I don't know, it doesn't even really count. I don't know. I feel like there should have been more. Yeah, I was thinking... I thought briefly about Kif earlier, who is one of my favourite characters mm. in Futurama, who gives birth. Yeah. Like, just, like... We talked before, and we'll talk again, about how the limitations of using aliens and robots as stand-ins to explore themes about doing stuff differently with gender. Mm. But at the same time, it's cool to see. Because, you know, men can be pregnant. I mean, it's just... It's interesting. I think about how the TV show Friends 
it was a it arrived in time when it's oh it's perfectly fine to have your six main characters all be white yeah wouldn't do that nowadays nope in the same way when i see shows happen and there's like oh it's fine like it's starting to change where if your show is all straight yeah that wouldn't it strikes as untrue yeah and i just think it it does take a very long time it's very frustrating Mm. the problem with sci-fi is that because it's in this fantasy world in a way people think they can get away with not showing us yeah um i'd love to um if you guys want to uh when we post this episode uh on twitter and on facebook well maybe we'll set up a thread in the facebook group as well Mm. just like for people to recommend stuff they've seen or enjoyed that uh, they feel other people would like yeah i mean we bring up the same few things quite a lot quite a lot because we're two people doing a podcast yeah and Um, we have a very similar frame of interests yeah so i am actually looking for more things to expand my Mm -hmm. interest a little bit yeah um but i feel chances are no matter what you recommend recommend i won't feel like Mm. this is a problem that's been solved (laughs) um there's still a long way to go yeah should we end the episode on a, a place we haven't been for a while should we uh, take a step to Imagination Corner? To a pl- or to a boldly go. To, to boldly go. Uh, to oh, what's the line? Oh my god, I'm a bad nerd. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Yeah, except we've gone. We've gone to Imagination. Where no one has gone in the last few episodes. Imagination Corner. Imagination Corner. So, Hamish, what do you think your role would be if you were serving on the Enterprise? I'm the person that added this question to this list, and I have not thought about it at all. Really? <laughs> really? No. Really? You didn't want to come up with a question that you immediately had an answer for? No. Um, I have this image of me. T- to be honest, whenever I think of myself in any kind of other world, I think I'd probably want to be doing similar things. I'd probably be drawing or yeah something. Um, but on the crew of the Enterprise, I feel I would be, like, catering. Yeah. Um... Which is very important. Yeah. Um, I know they have those, like, food processor things. Replicators. Replicators. I just, I don't know what... I, I, I feel like I would not be part of the bridge crew. Yeah. I think I'll be coming up, bringing everyone their tea. Uh-huh. Um, or whatever equivalent that is. Yeah. Maybe I'd be in charge of, like, the, 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 like, the kindergarten. Cute. It's something the films haven't really touched upon, but in Enterprise they have families. That yeah, are, long distance. Um, like. So I'd, I'd run the school. I'd be the cute teacher. You would be the cute teacher. Yeah. That'd be and great. I'd, I'd be singing Earth songs and Aww. um, I'd, I'd be telling everyone about all the races and species and That's things we come across. Idea. Either that or you'd be like a xenobiologist who gets really into their work. Yes. But if I was the school teacher, mm. and I'm not trying to steer what your um, Star Trek sonar is going to be, but work with me, I feel like we'd joint do the like school play every year. And oh, perform hell it, yeah. And perform it for the crew. Hell <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like utterly undermining our point about how robots and aliens aren't great representation, I do think I'd probably be an alien. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'd maybe be some kind of morale officer. Oh, nice. Because that's kind of... I, I like, for all my struggles with them, that kind of works with being an alien. Um, I like the idea of being that kind of person that people go to, um, to 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 resolve conflict. I don't think I'd be quite like Deanna Troy levels of ship counsellor. But, yeah, like making sure people are getting their mail 
of like messages from home and things like that. And I was very convinced you'd choose some kind of shapeshifter. Wonder why. <laughs> Might be, but I'm you, an alien. Maybe you are a shapeshifting alien that's just found where you're happy. That'd Doesn't be, really do that anymore. That would be nice. I don't know. <sighs> I still have hopes for Star, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I look forward to see. Uh, what the future holds. Mm-hmm. I've said that a lot this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing that track thin. Um, I think that should about do us. I think for so. This step into the world of queer space. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with us, we have our individual Twitters. I'm Jade Oxford Rose. I'm at Hamish Steele. Um, and we, of course, also have... You can contact Box Not Included... Try that again. Scratch that. You can contact Box Not Included on... Uh, at Box Not Included on Twitter and Tumblr. Mm-hmm. We also have a Facebook group, um, which is called Box Not Included with Jade Rose and Hamish Steel. Or Hamish Steel with Hamish and Jade. I don't know. Just search for Box Not Included. And the Facebook group is our little weird project to create a little cool, safe environment. Yeah. It's a closed group rather than a fan page. So mm-hmm. the idea is to encourage discussion and people making posts which aren't directly about uh the episodes but are about being queer and geeky yeah um, though um we might inspired by some of the process we might we might maybe start trying to do a, a discussion thread after each episode for you guys to talk about yeah that particular app and, and the issues we raise. yeah um, that'd be cool you can also as always send us um emails at boxnotincluded at gmail.com yeah we'd love to hear from you uh, with suggestions uh, for future episodes with questions for uh, a no box vox pop with feedback it's all good mm. and we've yet to be called out and I feel like we should have by now yeah we're not <laughs> sc- yeah we want to do better yeah and if always. that's yeah that, that, that's our thing we know we ain't the be all and end all we just want to put good vibes out and hopefully good discussion out and mm-hmm. yeah Oh, we also want to thank Graham Waller, Audio Overlord, Master of the Soundwaves, um, for our theme music. He helps produce the podcast and is very essential to us here. Um, you can check out more of his work at grahamwaller.com. He's got a podcast, Mix Cave. Uh, and if you like the sci-fi vibes, uh, he's part of a, a synthwave duo called Glitterwolf. Um, you can find their single signal at single. Night Beast, and it's a bit of a banger. We're a bit tongue-tied, aren't we? We are. Maybe we should stop the episode. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Save us from ourselves. Until next time, where hopefully I'll be able to speak. <laughs> I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. And don't let anybody box you in. <laughs>